Jonah chapter 1 is going to be our focus today. Um, if you're having trouble finding it, it it's, it's only four chapters. It, it's right after Obadiah, if that helps. <laughs> it probably wouldn't. Uh, but um, I want to read to you the very first chapter uh, in its entirety, and then, and then I want to kind of uh, take a look at it from a couple different angles. So Jonah, chapter 1, starting in verse 1. The Word of God says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, uh, so he paid the fare and went down into it uh, to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he's on the run. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship and lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came down to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we might know uh, for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What, are your, what is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and what are your people? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Verse 10. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? And the sea was growing more tempest. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me in the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that the great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to, to, to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempest against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life, and do not charge us with the innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows. And the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for allowing us to come into your house, to worship you, to hear a word from you, Lord. I just pray that these words would be yours and not mine. Lord, I pray that you will speak to our hearts as your servants are listening. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I think 
everybody's heard the story of Jonah. Uh, now, whether that's in its entirety or just that we know that Jonah was a prophet running from God and got swallowed by a big fish, we know of Jonah. And as I said before, Jonah, it, it, it's only four chapters long. There's only 48 verses in the entire book of Jonah. But it's one of the stories in the Bible that we know so well. Jonah was a prophet. Um, he was somebody that re would receive a word from the Lord, and it was his job to go out and, and share that word with others. Um, that was God's primary way of speaking to the world back then. He, he, he would have certain individuals, these prophets, that he would give the word to, and he would expect them to share it with others. And that's what he had done with Jonah. Jonah was one of those prophets. But what was the message that God wanted Jonah to deliver? God wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh because they weren't acting right. They, they, they were, they were a, 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 a very uh, roughneck group of people. And he said, I want you to tell them if they don't repent in 40 days, I'm going to overthrow their city. Well, Jonah didn't want to do that. <laughs> Jonah says, that doesn't sound fun to me at all. I don't want to go. Well, why not? Nineveh was in Assyria, okay? And we know that, that Jonah was from Israel. Israel and, and uh, Assyria had been at odds. They're always at odds. They're always uh, fighting. He didn't want anything to do with Assyria. They were the enemy. So maybe Jonah felt like the Assyrians didn't deserve to be shown God's mercy. Maybe he was thinking, well, if I don't tell them that they need to repent, They'll keep on sinning, and then God will destroy them. Sounds like a good plan. The only problem with that plan is he forgets that God loves our enemies as much as he loves us. He wants everybody to hear his word. Isn't that infuriating? Infuriating. That's a tough one to say. Infuriating. Does God really want me to witness to this person? I don't even like them. Our, our families have feuded going back generations, right? I can't stand my neighbor. He cuts the grass every morning, every Saturday morning, 6 o'clock. I'm trying to sleep in. Whatever it is, we don't get along with that. that people. I, they, they talked bad about me behind my back. They, they, they tried to get me fired from work. They said something about my wife. Whatever it is, God, you really want me to go witness to them? You really want me to tell them? about your love. I don't want to do that. God loves them just as much as he loves us. It could also be that he was scared. Nineveh, not only was it known for living in his sinful nature, but it was also a very violent city. They were very violent. They, 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 their, their ruler would actually have people taken by the lips and have their lips torn off. They would have their hands and feet torn off before they were killed. They would decapitate people and they would stack their heads outside the city gates for people that were coming in. They were a very barbaric culture. So you can see why he might have been a little afraid. The other reason is he, probably, he knew that God was so merciful, God's going to forgive them anyway. He tells us that later on, I believe, in chapter 4. Lord, I, I already knew what you were going to do. 
You were, you were going to be merciful to them because that's the kind of God you are. So why should I bother going and putting myself in any kind of danger? Well, Jonah decides instead of doing what God tells him, he's going to go down to Joppa. I, I would assume Joppa is a, um, some sort of harbor where they, they have a lot of ships. And he pays a fare and he gets on a ship that's headed to Tarshish. Now, the only thing you need to know about Tarshish is it's in the opposite direction of Nineveh. Not that the direction really matters. The reason he really got on the boat was to get away from who? The Lord. Right. He was running from the Lord. In fact, it says in the Bible twice, it says he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. Well, you and I know that's impossible. God's omnipresent. Omnipresent means that he can be in all places at the same time. You can't run from God. Jonah tried, though. Verse 3 starts off, But Jonah arose to flee. But Jonah. Verse 4 starts off with, But God. Or, But the Lord. If you don't take anything else away from this sermon, take this away. God's but is always bigger than ours. God knew where he was going. He knew exactly what Jonah was trying to do before Jonah ever knew, and he was prepared. He sent a great wind on the sea. He said, Jonah, okay, I, I, I see what you're doing here. Well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send a great wind on the sea. And it was so bad that they thought that the boat was going to break into pieces. And the crew of the boat started throwing cargo overboard. I don't know if you've ever watched Deadliest Catch. It's a, a crab fishing show on the Discovery Channel. I love it. Uh, they go out into the Bering Sea up in Alaska in, in the winter. It's freezing cold. And they have these crab pots stacked up on the decks of their boats. And they're really high. Well, in the winter, they, they, they get ice. It just gets like caked onto them. And they have to break the ice off and get it. Well, sometimes they don't have time. So what they do is they just have to dump all the pots over. Because what happens is when all that ice just clings onto those uh, crab pots, it gets very heavy. And the boat becomes top heavy. Well, that's what they're trying to do here. They're trying to get rid of all that top heaviness. They're trying to get rid of the cargo to try and lighten the boat to prevent them from capsizing. And where's Jonah? He went down to the lowest part of the boat. And I I'm not a boat person. I don't know what that's called. Uh, the downstairs of the boat. <laughs> Is what we'll call it. Um, and what was he doing? He was sleeping. Not just asleep, he was fast asleep. He was out. He, 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 he was resting easily. And in a way, that, that, that's a picture, and not a pretty picture, of Christianity today. You have the lost that are running around, scrambling, with imminent death upon them, and Christians are asleep. Christians need to wake up and reach out to them. Christians need to wake up and deliver a message that God wants us to deliver to them. But the crew gets worried, and they come downstairs, and they wake them up, and they say, listen, we've been praying to our guys, and it's not working. Clearly, it's not working. Pray to your God. Maybe he will cause the, 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 the sea to cease. 
the storm to cease and the sea to become calm. And after they wake them up, they do what they would call casting lots. And they did this to try to find out who was the cause of the problems that we're going through right now. And I'm not sure what casting lots means. You, you can read uh, a lot of scholars think different things about what casting lots meant. Some mean, some thought it could mean uh, like basically like drawing straws. Or it could be that there were certain rocks that they would carry in their pocket and they would cast them down on the ground and they would figure out how to read those rocks to point to somebody. Well, well however it was, these lot, the, the lots that they cast pointed to Jonah as the problem. So they started questioning him and they said, what's going on here? Why, why are we getting in trouble because of you? Who are you? Where are you from? Why are we going through this? And Jonah tells them, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord. How many Christians do you know like that today? Claiming to fear God. Claiming to be a child of God, but refusing to do what he commands us to do. A lot of people claiming to be Christians out there that are not living like it. So now they're terrified because they know it's his God that's causing this. And they want to know, what do, I have to, what do we have to do to you to get this to stop? Right? Clearly, God is angry at you. What do we have to do? To you? What, what can we do to you? How many fingers do we have to break on this man before God says, okay, the punishment is enough. I will back away. I, I, I will allow the, the sea to cease. So they say, what do we have to do to you? And he says to them, you have to throw me overboard. What kind of man is this? He knew exactly what he needed to do to lessen the burden on these other men, and he wouldn't do it. He could have jumped in on his own. He climbed on the boat himself. He could have climbed out. He could have climbed in the water all his own. All his own. But he wanted them to do it. I wonder, as I'm reading this, in this, at this moment, if he had just fallen on his knees and prayed, if, he just, if Jonah had just fallen on his knees and prayed and said, Lord, I've sinned, I've gone against you, I, I am a prophet, I, I should have gone to Nineveh, Lord, if you just give me this opportunity, I will go to Nineveh and I will carry your word with me. I believe God would have relented. I believe that 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 that... that that storm would have ceased. And imagine the witnessing opportunity he would have had. If he fell on his knees and prayed and, and, and repented and the storm ceased, imagine how he could have witnessed to those other crew members. So after, they, after trying uh, to row some more and realizing they weren't going to make it back to shore, they said, Lord, forgive us for what we're about to do. But clearly you were angry at this man. So they picked Jonah up and they flung him overboard. And as soon as Jonah hit the water, the sea became calm. They realized the power of God and they offered sacrifices and took vows. And then the Bible says Jonah was swallowed by a great fish. Uh, I think oftentimes we can focus on Jonah, and it only makes sense. We can learn a lot of lessons from Jonah. The book's named after him. Uh, 
for instance, we can learn from Jonah that you can't hide from God. You can't do it. Anywhere you go, he's going to be also. We also learn to be obedient to our calling. Jonah reminds us of what Jesus said in Luke 6. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? He said, I'm a Hebrew. I, I, I fear the Lord. But he's not doing what the Lord called him to do. Jonah didn't want to perform his calling. But in Romans 11.29, the verse says, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. You know what that means? That means once God gives you something, he's not taking it back. And you can't give it back to him. He expects you to carry out your calling. We could look how a, a Christian can become so comfortable living in sin that they're able to rest easily. Christians shouldn't be able to rest easily living a sinful life. right? They, they should feel conviction from when they live in sin. I, I don't remember the last time I got a good night's sleep <laughs> without laying down and thinking about little things in my life. This man was able to just lay down in a boat that he knows God is angry at him, and he's able to sleep, fast asleep, rest easily. We can take away from Jonah that your decisions that we make, the decisions that we make in our lives, don't just affect us. The men on the boat were also affected. So these are all things we can learn from Jonah. But I believe that God uses people in the Bible um, for a reason. Everybody in the Bible, I believe, has a lesson to teach us. And I would like to take a look at this event through the eyes of the crew members. Okay, what can we learn from the crew members? You know, they didn't realize that this was going to happen. They, they, they just got on the boat thinking it was another day at work. We're going to go out on the sea, deliver our uh, cargo. We picked up a couple passengers. Just another day out on the water. So what can we learn from them? First thing that we can learn from them is the devil isn't the cause of all your problems. The devil's not the cause of all your problems. Too often, we look at the troubles and trials that we go through in life, and, and we attribute them to Satan, right? And don't get me wrong, I'm sure he's happy to take the credit for them. He, he, he doesn't mind being accused of these things. But it's not always him that causes the, the, the trials and tribulations that we go through in life. You know, you, you'll hear people say, well, well, Satan's responsible for all the bad things that happens in my life. God just allows it to happen. Well, sometimes. That was certainly true in Jonah, or, uh, Job's case, right? God allowed Satan to have his way with Job. But not, not in Jonah's case. Not in Jonah's case. The Bible says the Lord sent out a great wind. But who? But the Lord sent it out. It wasn't Satan. It was God that was creating the, these uh, troubles in his life because of the decisions that he had made. So the crew on the boat, they hadn't done anything wrong. They were just caught up in Jonah's mess. The storm was blowing hard. They're terrified that they're going to die 
And the one that brought on all the problems is asleep downstairs. You know what the worst part is? Is that he knew he was the problem. He knew, not only was he the problem, he knew how to solve the problem. Verse 12. And he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest, that's a storm, is because of me. He knew how to solve the problem and he still wanted them to do it for him. They didn't want to throw him overboard. So they went back to rowing as hard as they could, trying to save themselves, save the boat, and save Jonah. Do you think Jonah was up there trying to help them? Did he grab an oar? Was he rowing himself? Was he throwing more things overboard? Was he standing at the front of the boat looking for land? Or was he down underneath sleeping? Have you ever had a Jonah in your life? I think we all have. Um, you're working hard for them. You're, you're trying to help them as best you can. Trying to put food on the table. Trying to pay bills. And that joker couldn't care less. Fast asleep at the bottom of the boat. And he knows how to help. And he won't do it. He's not even thankful for it. We, do we hear him thanking the crew members at all? Does he say, guys, I, I appreciate what you're doing. You, you're throwing cargo overboard. You, you're, you're rowing. You, every time you come down, you look like you're more wet. I don't know how it's possible, but you, you keep taking on more water. The, this storm is terrifying, and yet you're still trying to save me, and I, and I appreciate what you're doing. He doesn't say that. He doesn't thank them at all. And what's the crew doing? They're throwing cargo overboard. They're throwing away valuable cargo thinking that somehow it's going to change the situation. We do that with the Jonas in our lives. We loan them money, pay their bills, try to help them out when they need it. And we make excuses for them that they just need time to get their act together. Well, they just kind of fell on hard times. Well, he's trying I saw him, he, he had the paper, he was reading the, the classifieds yesterday. Do they still even have classified? I don't even know if they do that anymore. Uh, but all the while, they're just throwing away good money, thinking that it's going to change the situation. I, I don't know what your Jonah's problem is. I, I think every Jonah we have in our lives, they all have different... Uh, situations that they're going through. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's drugs, gambling, legal problems. Maybe that joker's just lazy. And who do we blame it on? Blame it on Satan. Satan's got a hold of that boy. And oftentimes it is because God does not give people drug problems. But he allows or, or, or he can create drama to happen in the people's lives to try and get that person over it. And sometimes we're just standing in the way of it. Are we sure that it's Satan that's causing the problems in our Jonah's life? Or could it be that the Jonah in our life is just making bad decisions? Is God trying to correct? And we're the ones paying the price. 
Are we we paying the price for the Jonas in our lives when God's just trying to help them? So the second thing we need to recognize is that we need to let go. Once we recognize the Jonah in our life, it's time to let it go. And that can be hard. Because the Jonah in our lives are typically somebody we've known for a long time. Somebody we care about. Somebody we love. Could be family members. But here's what we have to ask ourselves. At what point do we go from helping that Jonah to enabling that Jonah? At what point do we realize that that we're preventing the discipline that God is trying to give that person? They knew who the problem was. They knew that they were in the storm because of him. That they were taking part in his punishment. But they kept trying to prolong it. They kept trying to just row harder. right? Throw, Throw their cargo overboard. Listen, Jonah was getting in the water one way or another. Whether God had to sink that boat or if they were going to throw him over, Jonah was getting wet. There was nothing they could do that was going to stop that. So what did the crew do? Verse 14. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. What did they do? They prayed. They're speaking to the Lord. It's a sad thing when the lost are acting more like Christians than Christians do. Think about that. They were willing to do more for Jonah, a complete stranger, somebody they had never met before, than he was willing to do for them. They showed sympathy and sacrificed for him. They prayed because they didn't want to be held accountable for Jonah's murder, even though he was putting their lives in danger. Well, that's a sharp contrast to the way uh, Jonah was treating the Ninevites, right? He, he, it was the Assyrians, the Ninevites, that were against his people, that were tormenting his people, that were putting his people in danger. But he didn't do anything for them. These guys are acting more like Christians than Jonah. They were acting more like children of God than Jonah, his own prophet, was. When they threw Jonah uh, overboard, the sea got calm. And what did the sailors do? They made vows and offered sacrifices. They were praising God. And Jonah was just being disobedient. But here's why we can let go. Here's why we can rest easier knowing that that throwing the Jonas in our life overboard is for their own good. Verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. The Lord had prepared a place for Jonah. It wasn't God's desire that Jonah should die. It wasn't his desire to lose Jonah. He prepared a place for Jonah to get his life back together. To to, to recognize his calling and and, and re-spark it. God knew what Jonah was going to do. 
and he was prepared. He, he knew ahead of time. Prepared is a word meaning that he was getting ready for. He recognized what Jonah was going to do and he was ready for it. He knew the best way to help Jonah. Now, was spending three days and three nights in the belly of a, of a fish a pleasurable experience? Probably not. Probably wet. Probably smelled bad. I would imagine there was like no cell service at all. It's probably not a, a pleasurable three days and three nights for Jonah. But just like this Jonah, sometimes the Jonas in our lives need to hit bottom so God can build them back up. We're going to have Jonas in our lives. And we need to love them. We need to help them. But sometimes the only way to love and help them is to get out of God's way. Hand your Jonah over to God and trust that he has prepared a way. Let's pray. Lord, again, we are so thankful. We're so thankful for just the opportunity to come into your house. Just to hear a word from you, Lord, and, and be around fellow believers that, that, that can have experienced these things that, that we read about. Lord, we, we, we love you and we, we want to learn from each other as much as we learn from you. Lord, uh, you bring us together in, in, in your house to worship you and to praise you. And Lord, I just pray that, that we have uh, that we have done that in a way that, that glorifies you. Lord, we ask that you would be with us as we go our separate ways. Touch our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.